0: Bonjour. Bonjour. Everyone, and welcome back to Cassez les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accent. I'm your host, Jeremy Magan. It is still the international break. Uh, We are actually recording this podcast uh, a few hours before France against Kazakhstan, so I can't even tell you if France made it to the World Cup, which they they definitely should. Uh, It's a very special podcast. Uh, I want to talk about Ligue 1, and since there's no Ligue 1 game, I I wanted to talk about a team that uh, deserves definitely a whole podcast with what they've been through in the off-season and early this season and so we're going to focus uh, on uh, a team that potentially will play the first role until the end of the season Olympique Lyonnais uh, I have with me two very special guests uh, Samuel and, and Nicolas, any Lyon fans who listen to English-speaking podcasts will know them both um, Sam is based in uh, in Australia and, and Nicolas uh, more on the European side uh, and, uh, and they both are I guess pretty dominant in the um, Lyon world on Twitter and and podcast. Sam, how are you? Welcome to the pod. Thanks for thanks for coming back to to me for another episode.
1: Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, glad to have glad to be back on.
0: Nick, thanks for for coming. First time that we're recording together, and and I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yes, you. Thanks a lot for the invite, Jeremy. I'm really looking forward to discuss um, OM, Legon and all. <laughs> Nick, I guess if you don't mind, um, introduce yourself
0: to, to our audience, you know, why do you, why do you like Lyon? And, uh, how long have you been a fan of, of this club? And, and what's your contribution
2: to the, to the podcast world as far as OL goes? Right, so why do I like OL? That's a very, very good question. <laughs> <laughs> you helped me out some. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. Um, so started... as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I started uh, following Leon back in, G- in the Juninho days. It's very, very easy to remember that. Uh, because as soon as I started supporting Leon, Leon stopped winning trophies. That uh, but remember correlation does not imply causation. Um and yeah, it's just Slowly started for sort of joint community online with other Lyon fans worldwide. Um, then I got introduced to Twitter and yeah, just, it's very difficult to follow Lyon, to be honest, um, as a European fan because, um, if you don't speak French, I think Samuel will, will agree with me on this one. Uh, but then I sort of learned French and yeah, I just like, I like the way Lyon is run. The, the idea that you can see. Um, young players rising through the ranks in the youth academy um, seeing them flourish both at Lyon and that's where it's a very different experience from from other clubs like events Real Madrid sort of buys their way to, to success and yeah I'm just glad I'm I'm really like um, discussing Lyon um, from the perspective of tactics so hopefully I'll be able to contribute on that front during this podcast thanks a lot for the invite again John
0: no, no, Nick. Thank, thanks for coming. That's a that's a very fair point. I think if uh, if one club is run, I guess uh, the right way, whatever that means. In uh, in France, it's definitely been Lyon for uh for a couple of decades now. Uh, Sam, uh, I know you. The the people who've listened to us on Farmers' Corners know you as well. But would you like to? Uh, to reintroduce yourself from uh, anybody who would listen to Casaleligni and, and hear a lovely Australian accent on the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back on. Um, yeah, I've been I've been an OL fan for a lot longer than I've actually been watching matches. As Nick was saying, it's really hard to to um, to follow the club. Um, as a as a foreigner, especially one that doesn't speak French, and and then as you would understand as well, Jeremy, in mm-hmm. Australia, it's pretty much impossible to follow um, any football outside of England. Um, so when I first learned about Leon, was actually surprisingly in the early two thousands through FIFA, the video game, as I was mm-hmm. um, a kid. Um, so I actually been a fan of Leon since the early two thousands but never watched a match until maybe about five or six years ago. And um and like um a little bit like Nick, I joined a a FIFA forum for the game just to find anyone that would speak English about Leon and I met some some they're quite um, big on Twitter now in French Twitter um for OL. And um I managed to meet a couple of them there and I made the journey onto Twitter where I guess I don't really talk too much constructive about the club, but I mainly focus on a little bit of humour and I, I talk about the club here and there as well. <laughs> I like to sprinkle in a bit of football talk, but it's mostly just comic relief and talking rubbish. But, yeah, um, yeah it's hard to – I think I've always liked, for the similar reasons Nick's liked, um, the club has always appealed to me with the youth. Um, I mean, at the time, they were the. I was a bit of a plastic fan because they were the champions at the time, so it was natural to like them the most. But um, I think since what really made me stick was um, the Lacazette fakir partnership that came that came through, and that really got me to you know try and push to watch matches. And it started off with highlights, and then it start and then it gradually evolved to finding other alternative methods to watch the match um and then yeah so as you know in australia it's basically impossible to do it um through mainstream avenues but i'll leave it there um <laughs> but yeah we're, um, we're
0: working and, on it
1: yeah that's right yeah i think there's a couple of um platforms now i've been told but i haven't tried them out yet
0: yeah i'm still i'm still stuck on uh, uh the qatari channel but uh but yeah we'll uh Hopefully we'll get some other things. So I mean, the contract yeah. until 2023. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what come after that. Hopefully Sam will pick it up. I know. I know. Right. Uh, I'm definitely making sure that anybody I know, I tell them about it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess if you if you don't know um, Sam or, or Nicholas, go on Twitter and, and you'll find them pretty easily. Um, both of them do talk about uh, OL the right way football wise, and then uh, Sam peppers in. Um, here and there, are a couple of French insults that are that are usually yeah. delightful. You
1: can catch me uh, when I'm not suspended, which is every <laughs> every
0: third every third week. <laughs> um, to, today's pod, we're going to talk about OL, obviously, as you can hear, with two real uh, OL fans. And uh, and you know, I had this, of course, pod in my head for a while. And and Lyon didn't start the best way, and then slowly went up. And I was I was so ready to just make a podcast and call it. All hell, OL oh because because it sounded good, and then and then you guys played against Ren and, and Genesio and Maurice, uh, really had it up for you, and now it became uh, oh hell, oh hell, From from what I heard uh, from all of you guys, so we, we're going to to jump <laughs> in that hell I and mean, in what's happening since the beginning of the season. Uh, I'm sure you guys have been through a proper emotional lift with with the recruits and with the new coach and with the ideas and the promise of being the new uh, Cruyffs Ajax. Um, You know, one after the other and you guys can jump whenever. Peter Both, what do we think of him since he joined the club?
1: I'll let Nick go first. (laughs)
2: Okay. Um, Yeah, so I was really, really excited about about Peter Bosch and I still um, am. Yesterday he gave... Uh, an interview, uh, or rather, yesterday, an interview with him was published, um, where he said that he don't, doesn't like uh, Mourinho's sort of austere, for lack of a better word, um, approach to football matches, and he doesn't necessarily like BSL's extreme, um, grief approach. And uh, he wants something more pragmatic, which I I agree with completely. And we've already seen some some great changes. Um, the way Leon attacks, for example, there's that packet goal you must all have seen um, against Clermont, which shows you know the team combining. It's the sort of thing that we didn't used to see under Genezio, under Silvino, and also under Rudy Garcia. And there's also the the high press, um, which which also uh, which is also also new to Lyon and more generally to a few teams. Press as co- have as coordinated the press as Leon. Um, so I, I like those aspects that Boss has has brought to Lyon. What I don't like is that he still hasn't figured out how to fix Lyon's defensive woes. And today, the, these problems have have ex- existed for a long time. But this year, I think we have a great defense. We have Denier, who's Belgian international. We have Boateng, who up to up until a few months ago was a German international you have Dubois a French international and Emerson who's an Italian international but still the same problems that existed a few months ago exist still today and the problems you know don't just stem from the defense I think that as we saw against strand problems stem from from midfield usually uh, where the Midfield suddenly just decides not to press or not to press in a coordinated manner, and that hurts our defense. And that is something that I don't think Boss is the right man to fix. So I am having some doubts because even though he, even though Boss said that he wants to strike a balance between um, Mourinho's austerity and Bielsa's all-out attack. I haven't seen that so far. Lyon is the team that has conceded the most shots on target in the top five. Uh, 83 shots on target in just 13 matches. Now, to be fair, other teams in England, especially, have not played 13 matches. So it's not straightforward comparison. And also, Lyon's shots, shots on target that they have faced have not all been very dangerous. But still, 83 shots on target against for Lyon that's a huge, huge number. And I think that boss really needs to work on defense because we like attractive football, we like offensive football, but at the end of the day, we want attractive and offensive football that helps us win matches. And with, without the defense practically, as we saw against Trent, we're not going to win football matches.
0: To jump on what you're saying nick and before I, I i give it to sam um Lyon has conceded 21 goals since the beginning of the season only a handful of teams have conceded more than them and that handful of teams is saint-etienne bordeaux Metz, and clermont so we're looking at completely bottom of the table and and only two clean sheets as well uh, in 13 games at the beginning of the season while we also know, and I'm sure you won't be against me on that, that Anthony Lopez is having a, a pretty stellar start of the season, is uh, one of your best players. So definitely, there's a there's that issue of of, of the defense, whether it comes from from the midfield or from the back four. Uh, Sam, what, what's your take on um, the, the boss since he started at Lyon?
1: Yeah, I am. Um, I was very similar about to um to Nick. I was really excited. Um, his his style, his lucidity after the matches, and his assessment um, gives you a lot of confidence. Um, the way he speaks about football and his ideas, um, yeah, it's all it ticks all the boxes. Especially after we've had, um, you know, we're used to the communications from Garcia and Genesio, who have been quite dry and quite cliche. Um, always the same situation. They never take responsibility. Um it was always you know the same kind of story um, and like what Nick was saying, um, you know his style is really is really appealing um, and it's something that Leon haven't had for all, a long time but um, yeah the defense at the moment i've I've found I've struggled to understand um, some of the matches and I think a lot of the I think there was a stat going on. I, I can't remember off the top of top of my head, but I think we had lost eight points in the last ten minutes going into the match before the Rennes match. Um, I can't remember if that's exactly true, but yeah,
0: that's that's why um, I, mean, yeah. I think Nice and, uh, and and I think the as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, Claire, um, yeah. I think Clermont as well. Um, I think they scored two in the last in the last five minutes. Um, I think there's something to read into um, into some of the defense as well I think it's um, I think there has been a bit of a uh, an issue I'm not going to say luck but I would say it's the teething issues of having a new team and a new manager um, but also I think it's also it's a combination of compatibility as well so I find that some players we know very well aren't Bosch compatible, Um, I think Dubois to single a a player out, which I don't normally like to do, but um, I think Dubois is a player that has really struggled under Bosch. Um, And surprisingly also, Carquette, I think he struggled to really understand his role. And it's strange because on paper, a player like him, you would imagine would thrive and excel under Bosch, but it hasn't really seemed to be the case. and I think we, we're seeing also a bit of um, fatigue as well, I think, mentally with the um, Bosch hasn't really been able to, well, he hasn't changed the, the team around much, but on uh, in his defence as well, he probably doesn't have the depth to, to do so confidently either. So um, I think that the mental fatigue has really played a lot. I think you find that we've dropped a lot of points before and after European matches where we've we've seemed to be quite motivated for the European matches and once it comes back to the league we've dropped points against teams where we've either been in a good position already or we've struggled to break down teams that we should be beating and I think the derby against Saint-Étienne was a was a clear indicator of that as well. Um, so it's, you know, the match against Rennes, especially, um, and Angers are the ones that worry me the most is because against those two teams, there was absolutely nothing from the players. And I think like those, those two matches specifically were like, as far as catastrophic as you can go, um, they, we saw that not one player wanted to defend, um, they I think there was a moment when I was watching the both matches. I can't remember the Anj match because I wiped it from my memory already. But the unfortunately the Ren match still stings my my brain. But there was a point in that match where we had we we started pressing and then we had immediately given up, I think after only about five minutes, and Ren made I think it was three passes from the keeper to a shot on target and they were three straight pass, basically three straight passes. The defender made a straight pass to a midfielder who made a straight pass to a forward through the middle of the field and there wasn't even one challenge on any of those passes. There wasn't even one player marking any of those players that received the ball and none of those players even made a run to to trick whoever was supposed to be marking them. They were just three straight passes and I think it was in the, the first 15 minutes. That, I think it was between 10 and 15 minutes. I haven't watched the match back because I don't want to do it to myself. But um, but that was – and when I saw that, I just knew for it, it was going to be another Angers match. And those types of performances are what really worries me under Bosch. I'm not sure whether it's players downing tools or whether um, it's instructions or I'm not too sure. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Bosch so far has given us the, a taste of what we need as a as a club, but I'm not sure that we have fully seen it yet, and I'm not sure. I have doubts whether we he's going to be given what he needs to to get the most out of us. if that makes sense? And I
2: think that's that's um Sam, that's one other problem with Bosch. Um, they used to call it suicide ball, but um, he has great ideas that work excellent when they work, but his offensive animation coupled with the high press, etc., only works if the assumption holds. The assumption that everyone will attack in sync, that everyone is confident, everyone can play the ball quickly and when the players lose the ball, they will fight to win it back uh, as quickly yeah. as possible. Whenever that breaks down, um it sort of fizzes us completely and immediately as we saw against Trent. You know, there was no confidence. Players were holding onto the ball. They were unsure of themselves. And starting from there, we could not create even a single attack. And it took us, I think, 58 minutes to get our first shot. Not even a shot on target, just the first yeah. shot. To, to, and to be think- fair,
0: Dominic, I feel like it's what you say It's true, but it's kind of true from... Um, I guess any coach, right? If, if more in your style of play, if he goes into defender that don't want to defend hard, then it's not going to work. If sample OM doesn't, doesn't have the ability to motivate them to run more than what they should, it doesn't work. And Klopp is the same and, and Guardiola is the same. So I guess, uh, there's a bit to
2: impact in, in what you, you both said. Uh, but I think there's always, yeah, there's, there's always that, that aspect that if, if the player is not always subscribed to the coach's methods, um, exactly. you know, poor results are more likely to follow. But in, in Lyon's case, if we take both suicide ball, um, if you have, I don't know, eight players attacking, sometimes you'd have seven or eight players because even Kake usually plays very high up the pitch and the team loses possession of the ball, then that's your first point of failure and the only point of failure because the defence is going to be exposed. Um, Sam probably remembers... Uh, and maybe our listeners do, the match against Nantes, where every time you lost the ball, Yo know, yeah. Nantes would counter from from the left, which is Dubois' side. Leaving Dubois completely exposed, he was always backing up, trying to win his team sometime until the, the midfielders would drop deep and help him out. But there was only one point of failure there, Dubois. Whereas if you take a look at, at Mourinho's teams, um, and I, I'm not a big fan of Mourinho, I, I don't watch I don't watch his teams very often, but I remember from his Manchester United days, right? If one defender makes mistake, there are usually four other defenders or mid other players um, surrounding him. So it's not a completely lost cause. Whereas in, in Lyon's side, uh, there's usually only one point of failure. A counter-attack and you're practically down for yeah, I guess the, the solution is finding
0: better, better personal, right? Like, like you were saying, Sam, because, because on one hand, um, and, and you quickly said it as well, in Europe, you're you're smashing it four games, four wins, three clean sheets, uh, what is it like twelve or thirteen goals scored? Yeah. Um, so, so there, there are some some good things. Back to what you're saying though, thirteen league games, five red cards. Clearly, there's unbalanced defensively and you pay it whether it's in conceding too many goals or whether into putting your defense into a situation where the one on ones are, are dangerous. And and I think you you know as much as I do that there was a red card probably coming against Ren. If, if Truffé hadn't scored that, uh, that third goal, um, as well. You've you spoken about Dubois. Um, that's going to, to, we're going to keep talking about both. Uh, just a quick, um, starting 11 for, for Lyon for our, for our listeners. Anthony Lopez, the goalkeeper. Emerson is at left back. Denayer and Boateng, the two center back. Dubois on the right. And we're seeing the rise of Malo Gusto a little bit behind him. The midfield is Bruno Guimarães. Most likely Kakere, but Chago Mendes isn't too far. And Luis Paqueta in 10, hopefully. On the right, Shakiri, I guess. On the left, um, Toko Ekambi. And up front, Dembele when he's not injured. And right now, Slimani. That's an 11 that sounds like players who are actually willing to make the efforts, minus Shakiri, that are willing to supposedly run, that are not known to be divas or egos or... Uh, or, or not good enough. They they sound it sounds like a team of fighters. So so he's both the issue in his man management. He just can't get them to do what he wants them to do. Is that your take?
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a part of that as well. I think um, injuries have also played a big role. Um, we've seen Paqueta play a number of matches now as a nine or a false nine. And for all his talent, I mean, he's a complete footballer. We all, anyone that's watched Liga and, and seen Paqueta play for us last year and this year, no, you know, you could you could pretty much put the guy any position and he would do an above-average job at it. Um, so playing him nine, I, I think a lot of people saying he's a, you know, I see on, I read a lot that, you know, people saying, oh, but he's a good nine and stuff, but... Um, I, I I I can't stand him playing there. Um, he's so important for he does so much more when he's in the when he is touching the ball. And um, I think a lot of the, our issues have been the injuries to Slimani and and Dembélé, and even Katarare has been um, unavailable for most of the season as well. And when he has played, he he's just undercooked. So we've we struggled a lot. Playing, you know, with makeshift teams, and I think a lot of um, a lot of issues come from that. I mean, when when Paqueta plays as a ten or um, in the midfield, he he recovers a lot of um, a lot of balls as well, and and when he does that, he's he doesn't just recover the ball; he he's able to win the ball and hold possession, and very quickly launch an attack. And we saw under Garcia and. Um, and in a couple of matches i think against twat and Strasbourg, um just how essential he is in that role as even when he plays behind a striker you will often see him deep in the midfield winning the ball back or chasing a runner and as soon as he gets that ball that ball back he's launching an attack he he knows where he knows how to combine with the other midfielders quickly he knows where um, to make forward passes um and he he's that's his, his main goal. But w- when you play him at nine, you lose all of that. And as good as Awa has been at a ten, he's not that he's not that kind of a player. He we've seen Awa chase a lot more balls and and work a lot more. But he's just not um, that next calibre. For you know, in my mind, I think Awa's. Um, he does one or the other a lot of the time, so whether he he'll chase a ball back and then he'll make an easy pass and then he'll make his way back to his position or which isn't a bad thing, but it just goes to show the the difference in levels that Pequeta has shown us, and I think doing without a player like that has been uh, has been really damaging to our game as well but um I do think that there is a there is a compatibility issue as well as a and a fatigue issue as well. Like I think of all those red cards come about as fatigue as well. Um, just silly mistakes. I think we've even seen like a lot of like – I think Emerson's made a, quite a few mistakes for as good as he's been. But – um yeah, I think Nick would have some more to say about it as well, tactically.
0: You, you mentioned no, um, Awar and, and I should have mentioned Awar because that straight it is has been good. Um, and, and tactically has been, I guess, moved around and, and kind of a, adapted well, even though we are not having the our level of the Manchester City, uh, Champions League moments. Um, Nick, and I'm and I'm interesting to know your your ideas on that. Of of course, the the tactics and how it's been developed, but also you too mentioned that you're into Lyon because of um the 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 club that developed the youth. Um, does both do do a good job of developing that? I mean, we're seeing a little bit of Shaki, we're seeing a little bit of Kakere. We didn't really see um that Silva getting any minutes. Gio Mandé is losing his minutes. Uh, Luke bay is not getting a lot. Um, when technically Lyon is the one team in Ligue 1 that at whatever level they're playing, they're always going to have this youth coming up. Is that also an issue to have a coach who's not, um, I guess, into that culture of Olympique Lyonnais, which is bringing the youth, we're all playing at the same tactics all through our academy and it's easy to, to bring them in. Is that something that you see
2: being an issue with both? So to to answer the first question really quickly uh, about our, um, I think that our has has certainly much more freedom um, to move around and he's also always in the thick of the action um, under boss. Uh, we often see him uh, up front uh, with, with he's had so many many chances to to score goals and yeah I think that boss has really given him a, a stage. Um, to shine on uh, but uh, our who has been improving quite rapidly the season because in the beginning he was was missing many many occasions every single match um he has been improving, but I think that also came from from our a few days weeks ago, there was a story where um, he asked, he went to see boss after the PSG game, and he asked him, uh, why didn't you start me? And he didn't ask that question in a confrontational way. Uh, he was more interested in why, what he needs to do more to to well, to play more, right? And after that, um, Lekip, I think, reported that he was staying behind at training to, to practice the shooting, and he was making uh, much more effort. and. I think that effort is showing. Regarding youth, um, I think this goes back to, to man management. Someone has has mentioned the the fact that Dubois hasn't been playing very well, Denier neither. Um, Can I mm. ask, ask, ask Dubois what he feels uh, about the fact that he plays on average only 58 minutes? Yeah, in- I'm glad you and- um, you mentioned that stat. Yeah. Yeah because it, it doesn't make sense for France international for a fullback, given that Dubois and this has been ongoing for for a while he's somewhat of a meme in Lyon. Um given that Dubois doesn't doesn't have necessary physique to play 90 minutes that's a handicap for the team because you know that that you're going to have to waste substitution later on or risk conceding a goal from his side. And that would be that would have been sort of fine and acceptable last season when Malo Gusto was had not shown his promise. But now we are seeing his promise, and I don't get why Dubois keeps starting every match when Dubois, uh, sorry, when Gusto has shown to be much more consistent, less error prone, and much more athletic. I think that he, he that Gusto fits in boss's plans much much better. Same for Diomande, who has been very reassuring. He's made a few mistakes, yes, but I think that Denayer given the status that he has at the team should not be playing so much given the mistakes that he makes and Diomande is much more uh, much more reliable lesser pro um, same up front Cherki I feel that he, he should have been playing uh, more sometimes he over complicates um, actions um, I think it was against Sparta where he kept cutting inside um, or tried to take on players instead of playing a simple pass but I preferred even that over complication by Cherky, um, to, to Shakiri, who has been largely under- underwhelming at Lyon, uh, which is not just a Shakiri problem, right? He hasn't been underperforming, but I also think he has the wrong profile for Lyon. I don't, I think that Lyon needs a proper winger and Shakiri is not a proper winger, but Cherky could fit that role, um, very well. We saw his 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 performance with the Francis Poirier, um earlier this week. So I honestly don't get why the meritocracy that Boss flaunted when he joined Lyon um, hasn't been realized yet. I do yeah. think that some youngsters, including Lukaba, who you mentioned, Jeremy, um, should be seeing at least a few minutes every now and then.
1: Yeah, I agree. I wanted to um, touch on what um, Nick was saying as well. The he came in and he was interviewed a lot, saying that um, he valued youth and he used um, examples like Verts um, and uh, De Ligt um, in in his history, saying that when there's good players, he will play. And I and I we've noticed as Leon supporters over the since the departure of Florian Maurice and the arrival of Juninho, the um, we've seen a step away from the, the almost like the signings. all these signings of young promising players and there's been a real focus on getting established mature players um, of an international level and we've seen that Mm -hmm. um, ever since and that's been really good and they've kind of done that to strike that balance between some of the youth um, that we've had in the team but also be able to leave room for youth to come from the the academy and make their way in the first team without being blocked by young players that have come from other clubs, which I think is a really good thing that they've done. But I find now we've almost gone the – we're starting to go the other way where we've almost got this – I feel like there's a sense of we're giving too much value to the older players now. And I think Dubois is is kind of like the – the um the face for that, I think he's he's kind of you know he, we've got the young guy like Gusto who's who's his who's like his underling, but we see that how how much um, more promising Gusto is, and yes, Gusto's got a mistake in him, but so does Dubois, and you know for all the for all that um the good that Gusto brings, you can almost. You know, excuse him for the mistake or the the situation that's not nearly his fault, but could have been managed better if he was a bit more experienced. You can forgive those things, but the mistakes that Dubois makes, they are much harder to forgive. Yet he still continues to chain matches, and it's it's frustrating for us to us to see. And I feel like we're not seeing Bosch give credit to. to the players on merit, like Nick was saying. And there's, I think we're now starting to see where we are overvaluing, I guess, the experience of players. And we're seeing Shakiri play too many matches where without performing, where, you know, Chucky has everything that we could need. Yes, he will make mistakes, but instead of bringing him on and trying to force him to play these kind of cameos where he's almost not allowed to make a mistake, but he's also expected to change the game, and because he doesn't do either, he doesn't get to play. We need to be getting him into matches where allowing him to play his natural game, you know, try and take on players. And yes, they may not come off, but on the three occasions where it does come off, there's three, there's three occasions more than Shakiri would do anyway. So it's like I've, I find it's there hasn't been enough value on, on youth, and I think you know that's something that they need to think about. That we're kind of lacking a little bit of that youthful exuberance that you see in some teams, and it. I don't think Bosch, whether it's his fault or whether it's a fault of our mercado, um, or um, just with a lack of finances, like Nick was saying, we don't have a hard hitting winger. Um, whether it, you know, whether it's a combination of those things, I, I think that's where some of the issue lies. With there's an incompatibility. And almost like an inconsistency among the squad, um, in a profile sense.
0: It's 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 interesting because, you know, being the Devil's advocate, I could say that you're not giving Maro Gusto the starting lineup every weekend, and you're not giving Ryan Jackie the starting lineup every weekend because you gotta protect those guys and you gotta make sure that they grow the right way and they grow behind those experienced player. I mean I don't I don't know if Dubois is the perfect role model, but I guess Shakiri has definitely something to bring to Ryan Jackie and, and, and to teach him as far as at least playing in small spaces uh, and things like this. But like you said, boss said he was the kind of coach to launch those players and he's not necessarily doing it. So, so I mean, you know, you, you knew, of course, that there were some red flags, uh, with boss with his past experience and he's definitely, um, he's definitely showing them because like you said, it started with, all the excitement and then and then now we're like oh is he really the the guy that he that he sells to be you talk about um adaptability and 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 complementarity and and the player that were found um i think shakiri is a very good example of the story that could have been amazing and doesn't come through you know a player that is in a club as prestigious as liverpool before he joins Lyon. i mean he was um, you know, nowhere near a starter at Liverpool, but still having, having trained and, and played a few minutes in that squad and then coming to Ligue 1, you expect him to be, um, an immediate difference maker and an immediate point winner for your team. Uh, what do you think, you know, specifically for, um, Chardin Chakiri? What do you think is the issue with him, I guess, not performing at Lyon, if, if ever we had expectations of him performing better than what he is?
2: I think that there are several issues. I think that the first and biggest issue is is the fact that is Leon is mistaken in, in the end because I don't think that he is the kind of winger that Leon needs. Leon needs a player who uh, a winger who can take on defenders, dribble and and make space for himself and for others. What we've seen instead of Shaqiri is a player who consistently repeats the same move: have the ball, slow down the attack cut into the middle and try to do something from there. Now I'm not taking away any of his of his merits, right? He's a great passer, and um, he holds onto the ball well, he's a great finisher. But you know, under boss when, when we find ourselves countering very often, um that does not suffice. And the only way I've seen Shakiri work well for Lyon has been when playing with Gusto. Because unlike Dubois, Gusto overlaps a lot on the wing and Shakiri cutting and sort of create space for Gusto that way. Right? But Dubois, Dubois is usually behind Shakiri. We um, it, it practically end up having the the right um, the right side. Um, empty and useless uh, the second thing that i don't like about Shakiri, and this is more his fault than leon's is the fact that he doesn't really vary his play now i don't know how he plays for Switzerland because i haven't watched many of them matches but at leon when he's on the wing he's again consistently repeating the same move: cutting inside cutting inside cutting inside that's it and that way, whenever he gets to the ball, um, it all ends up being very, very telegraphed. And you can also you can also tell that he's much more comfortable playing down the middle of the pitch. Because even when he starts as a midfielder uh, as a winger, you, you sort of see him drift into the middle of the pitch. He doesn't really stick to his position. Now, that could be an instruction from boss. But I also, based on what I've seen of Shakiri, I also think that he's much more comfortable playing in the middle. Against... Um, spot I think uh, he played in the middle and I thought he was a bit of an upgrade over the wing and I hopefully um hopefully boss sees that so that maybe we can give Barkola or more playing time on the wing and at the same time use Shakir more um, by playing him in the middle of course by playing in the middle you have uh, another problem on your hands because we have Awa, we have Paketa, <laughs> and now Shakiri who play best as number 10s, but there's only one spot. So that is that problem. I saw the tweet that Samuel, um, if I'm not mistaken, tweeted about the number 10s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It just doesn't work, right? You have three players with the same profile, and that again is more on the board than Andon Janino, than it is on, on boss. But at the end of the day, I think that boss should manage the team better and play players who can bring a value to the team. I don't think Shakiri on the wing is bringing any value to the team. I think that um, Chaky would, would fit the role much better. And I with,
0: just wanted to touch on, on the name we, as, we as well. With, sorry, Sam, you hit on the name with Shakiri. Watching a few Switzerland game, uh, you know, before this match in the Euros and, and after as well. Um, with Switzerland, he plays as the number ten. And he's the technique leader of the team. So he's got that confidence. He takes all the set pieces himself and all the balls go through him and he can, he's messy at Barcelona with Switzerland. So he's that free flowing midfielder who does whatever he wants. So I think that's definitely, um, he's definitely a player that's so much better in his nation's team because he's the guy, he's the captain. He does everything and it's not what he does in Lyon. Sorry, Sam, go ahead.
1: No, I was just, um, that's a good point as well because I really wanted to see Shakiri come in, but um, I guess I was a bit uh, naive to think as well that he would be able to – Um, replicate somewhat of his influence that he plays for Switzerland as a number 10 and do so on the wing. But like Nick was saying, we only really get to see that when Dubois um, isn't anywhere near him and is as far in the stands as possible because when Gusto is there with him, the overlapping runs is much similar to what he'd been used to at Liverpool um, having a fullback offer him that solution. And without that solution, we see Shaqiri play... Pretty much every pass, every possession backwards to a midfielder, to the point where even Dubois doesn't even pass to him, and so it it really is probably most likely a, a bit of a casting error, um, as the French I've noticed the French say um, on on our part of trying to think. But the thing is, is that we knew we had this issue in the preseason, and this is what I wanted to quickly touch on: is that. What we see, um, what I've seen from OL since preseason is is different. And in preseason, we were pressing a lot. We, I saw a lot more of Bosch's um tactics come in. We were, it was much more suicidal um than it has been lately, where we were committing numbers in attack and. We were exposed that way, but we were also creating chances. I think we we battered Wolfs, um, Wolfsburg, who are having a great season, and um, that was a lot to do with the tactics that Bosch had. And, and you know, preseason's not everything to read into, but there seems to be a little bit of a step away, and, and especially the the Ren match, as we have been highlighting, um, had nothing of had nothing to do with any of the tactics we had seen from Bosch before. So. Um, we had identified that we needed, had an issue, and he had experimented with with some of the wingers from the academy. Yet, we've persisted with with Shaqiri for so long. When you know we had these academy players like Insombi and Bossiwa, um, even we saw Barcola against Sparta come in and make a great assist, who beat his fullback. And you know, I think it's it's it frustrates me a little bit to see that we've. Bosch has been, um, I guess, um, reluctant to experiment and to make changes and try and enforce his way, his his style, and I'm not sure whether that's the pressure of points or, um, yeah, but it's. I'd like us to go back to that and like us to see that because when we do that, even though we are more suicidal defensively, we were still creating chances, but now I find that we're more suicidal but we're still we're not really creating the chances that we were before but we're still conceding and I think I don't know I think that's the problem we're not going to outscore our opponents we're just going to leave ourselves exposed and it's not really worked since then
0: so Shakira we're not happy I'm going to I'm going to spare you Enrique um, that that's two out of yeah. four recruits two X's. that Two actions don't, don't against them, <laughs> don't work out. Yeah. Um, Boating and Emerson, is is that is that all good? Is that half-half? yeah. Big, big ticks. <laughs> big ticks. Nico, big tick. What? <laughs> A big green tick
1: against Boating oh, yes, yes, and yes, Emerson. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Emerson. Yeah, he was at fault um, against Ness for. Two goals, I think, and um, the penalty and the second goal. But overall, I think I- I've liked him against Nis. I think that he should have been taken off earlier because he he looked spent and completely yeah. exhausted. Um, I think putting... he's growing into the role. Um, we saw his assists against Nis um, for the Toco goal. Uh, he also gave a very similar pass against Sparta that unfortunately, did not uh, end up as a goal. I think that if um, if Shakiri is bad cast a uh, best cost player i think that Boateng is the opposite i think he's exactly what we needed yeah. in terms of a defender he's reassuring 100%. he's he's strong and he's a good passer yeah
1: 100% agree boateng has been um i think we all had fears about his pace and his his athleticism but i think we really underestimated mm-hmm. his experience and his um his his awareness yeah um We've I've never it's been a long time since I've seen I don't think I've ever seen a defender um be so assured and come out of his line and you know, just I think I can't remember which match it was, but I think it was in the it was it might have been against Sparta the first match, but he um he just he every or maybe it was um the Nice match or the Monaco match, but um there's been a few matches um where he's had the same similar level of performance, but both in de- defensively just so assured and and um, especially that Denayer's been playing a bit like a fairy lately it's um it's been really good to see Boateng take that that leadership and um and be that that force that we've never really had like uh, if I'm being honest um we've we've had guys come in and play you know a season here and there where they've kind of played above their level but um it's been a little bit different with Boateng, so yeah. Yeah,
2: and just to, to, to well about about okay. Arika, it might have been because we set the bar so low, but I actually think he's an okayish um backup on, on left back position. He hasn't been very very poor. I'm more disappointed in Damian de Silva, who's like a Morel on, on steroids. And just <laughs> Morel used to you Morel used to guarantee that every match is going to make one mistake that could lead to a goal. Damien de Silva, who's more experienced and we uh, probably expected a more reassuring role from him, um, is completely different. You, you know he's going to make at least two mistakes leading to a goal every match. So I, I'm more disappointed in that Silva than I am with with Enrique. Da Silva
0: looked like such a good acquisition during the off season. Uh, like it looked like you were getting, I guess, Boateng without the name. Like somebody who's who's a strong defender who who is a, a proper league player. Uh, but yeah, it looked like you were getting a, a very solid third defender, and now is probably fourth or fifth uh, in yeah. uh, in your rankings. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the man, the myth, the legend, Lucas Paqueta. Uh, I mean, we quickly touched on it before and, and what he can bring to the team, I guess, especially when he plays in the midfield. And, and um, you know, Sam, you've discussed um, what he can bring on, on basically um, every position on the field. Is, is Lyon um, definitely Paqueta dependent the same way that like PSG can be and dependent and and, and O.M. Payet dependent? Is, is it a different team with and without it? And can they perform without him and and what do you see um his ceiling being that's a, that's a few questions but what do you think
1: well um well <laughs> yeah the, the, to answer the questions i would say yes we are very I'd, I'd say we are more paqueta dependent than the other teams you mentioned um be because of a number of issues um we haven't been able to spend a lot um this last mercato so where we've um relied on the team that we've had fortunately that team consists of some really good players so um it's not the end of the universe but um to, to go on paqueta when we when we see him in a midfield role whether that's even out wide on the right hand side coming off the bench and he's played behind the striker um you know he, under Garcia he played as a in a 433 um, but realistically we could even see him in the double pivot next to Guimaraes and be probably just as good if not better than he is as a striker so um, i think the way that we play when he's on the pitch we have so much more um, we have so much more penetration um the way that he's able to find consistent, dangerous forward passes. Um, He's always looking forward. He's never, he never plays a back pass. Um, I think the only times I can remember him playing back passes were his mistakes against Lille last season where we ended up losing. And I think it was the only time I've ever seen him make, you know, clear bad mistakes like that. But, in that midfield role, he commands it. He's everywhere. And, you know, you see him everywhere in defense. Then as soon as we win the ball back, he's in the box. Um, he, he plays at 200% of his, of his, um, energy levels. You know, you you often see him. I think the match against Lorient was, a was a massive, um, display of that where we were down 10 men and he basically single-handedly took that match under his wing and, you saw a clear shift when we went a down. Went down that man a little bit unfairly. Um, if you're a Leon supporter, um, he really pulled his socks up and he he bossed that that match. A man down. He made up for two men that that day. And to the point where he had a, a goal ruled off offside at the very last kick of the match. And it was without that going. Even if we're that. Even with that not going in. Um, you could see on his face just the enormous shift he put in that night. And that's what we've we, – you really noticed that missing with his – the way he's been played out of position lately. And I think the team really suffers for it. And so, um, yeah, that's that's what I could say for that. But maybe Nick can cover the other.
2: No, no, I agree. Um, and I, I think everyone has seen that. Um, before the end match, there were two prevailing comments on, on Twitter. The first one was, why are we experimenting with the 4-3-3 just before such an important match? And the second yeah. one was, why is Pagda starting up front when we have Simani who is fit? Um, Pekita, I think that as a, as a false nine, we've seen, um, I think we've, we've seen him, um, in a very different role that, that also emphasized some of his, uh, perhaps lesser known qualities. His first touch, his ball control. Um, his chest his strength in particular is incredible. And yeah, his strength. Um, but I think that Leon would be better served with him playing either behind the striker, even a makeshift striker, honestly. Even playing Cheikh as a striker is probably more reassuring. Um, so either pocket as a, as a number 10 or on the wing. I don't get why Toko, for instance, doesn't start more as a striker. Uh, but yeah, um, Definitely, I do think that we have a problem depending so much on Paqueta. But you have to put that into, into context. The fact that uh, we've just lost Memphis, whether you like him or not, he had the statistics to back up his, his air Vargas, Um And someone had to fill in that role. Someone had to, to pad Leon's statistics and that man turned out to be Paqueta. I'm ready to forgive Leon for not replacing Memphis because at least we have someone who can fill in his shoes.
0: He's feeling issues with with stats and with talent, but, um, but also definitely in, in the attitude and the leadership. I mean, um, you know, I'm sure everyone knows that he insisted on playing that, um, that game, uh, despite, you know, just flying back uh, from Brazil and playing 40 hours after. So he also is, is displaying real um real love for the jersey and uh, and i don't know that anybody expected that uh, you know coming from uh, i don't know maybe he was a failure or maybe he was just not, not as good as you thought he was going to be in milan uh, coming to lyon but really really taking to the to the team and to the city uh mm-hmm. and yeah and proving himself as as the leader i mean i'm sure uh, whether he goes or not at the end of the the season or if he stays longer uh, i'm pretty sure he made himself you know a name next to the uh, next to the Juninhos and the Chris and all the famous Brazilians who, who succeeded um, at, at Lyon, how how do you rate? Uh, I guess his, uh, his his Brazilian friends who's playing just under him, um, Bruno Guimarães.
2: How, how important has he been this season for you guys? I think that has been uh, slightly overshadowed by Paqueta. but if you focus on him, um, he's been incredible, and I'm surprised that he hasn't been called up. Um, with the Brazil national team again. Um, I understand that he was only called up because of some injuries, but his ability first to, to win so many balls and um, his ability to always pick the right pass with incredible accuracy is, I think, something that's underrated outside of Lyon. Um, he always knows which pass to um, to give. Uh, he always knows how to the line. <laughs> as the podcast name is, um, you know, there's, there's the trademark pass um, usually for wingers or for fullbacks um, to break down the defense. Um, it's always almost very, very telegraphed, but it almost always also finds its targets. I think that says a lot about uh, Bruno's um, qualities as a midfielder. I really think that he's a complete midfielder under um, boss uh, he's really found a place in the team just in front of defense
1: yeah and I think he's underrated defensively a little bit as well um, mm-hmm. he, he wins a lot of balls um he's not the destroyer that um, league is so used to that big strong um, you know guy that sits just in front of the defense and just disrupts play um, he, he's much more um, complete than that he what well, he lacks for i guess his aerial um his aerial game he's he's not the type of player that's going to win a lot of aerial duels but um if he's he's very good at compensating for that by um disrupting the play and winning second balls and when we see that when he when we don't when he when we don't do that when we when him and Kaket... um for whatever reason, struggled to do that, um, which we've only seen a, a, a few times, um, you really notice, you know, um, you really notice that missing. But, um, yeah, I think defensively, you know, he doesn't get enough praise for the work rate he does and a little bit like Paqueta as well. They both wet the jersey, you know, a lot. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah, here's a little bit of the... Um, is a little bit under, overshadowed by Paqueta, but you know, if he's not as equally as important, he's he's not far off it.
0: He's mistakenly as well considered the, uh, a, a number eight slash higher, I think, and and I I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, I think just in front of the defense. Uh, his, his workload defensively and, and his anticipation in the way he can intercept passes is as important as him being, um, that first, uh, like that first launching ramp. Yeah. The ball goes to him first before he can turn around and, um, and, and break those lines. Like, like you said, there's a, there's actually a great article by, uh, by Cameron Smith on, on breaking the lines about Guimarães and he was at the time, um, Lobbying for Bruno Guimarães to go to Atletico Madrid, uh, because he thought he was the perfect fit for, uh, for Diego Simeon's football. And, and I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, I think the, all the talk about Lucas Paqueta, all the talk about the youth of Kakare um, I sort of put him into that, um, outsider position, which I'm sure he's enjoying because then he can just, um, express himself a bit, a bit more and, uh, and, and do what he likes to do. What, what do we expect from OL between now and, uh, and the end of the season? And just after that, we're going to quickly preview the next game, which is the Olympico. Uh, but what, what's your expectation of where they can and where they should be at the end? Is it a semi-final of Europa League and, and the top three in Ligue 1 or, or do we think we're going to, to struggle and, and, and thank God if we get to the quarterfinal and if we end up fifth of, of the, of the league?
1: I think um, it's it's interesting. I think we will do well in the Europa League. I would be surprised if we um, were to be. I don't want to jinx. Oh, I just realised we're about to jinx ourselves. But for the sake of the
2: podcast, this is on Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, um, I'll bite the bullet and just say, yeah, I think we'll do well in Europe. Um, much better than I think we will do it in Liga. But I, I think that's to do with. I think the players themselves have even admitted. Um, Motivation-wise, like we've seen forever under um, at OL, um, a high level of motivation for the Europe um, European matches, um, more so than the matches in the league. So I think we'll still um, cause a lot of teams um, some woes and um, some, and I think we'll still manage to be good. But I think a lot depends on how the club want to approach. Um, what they've seen so far, whether they are concerned about the thinness of the of the squad, um, Bosch's reluctance to rotate the squad, maybe a message to Juninho to um, find some more players that he's more comfortable using. Um, I think we've been linked to players like Asmoon and um, and Corona from um, Porto. Um, so it, I think it'll be interesting to see how he approaches. I think if he's able to get some players in, if Leon are able to find um, some some money in a, in the budget somewhere, if they're able to shift some things around, and um, I think we can do better. But if things are, are to stay the same, I think we'll still see the same inconsistencies. Um, I, I think pursuing both the Europa league and the league at the same time with what we've got is maybe a step too far and we may be a little bit, uh, naive to think that we can be as competitive in both, in both competitions with what we've got so far, but that's, yeah, that's my take.
2: Yeah. I think that in in Europe league will get far. For one of two reasons um either we'll face um small teams and we usually over two legs especially um it's easier to to break them down and win because like we saw against Spartan rangers we are good at uh, against these small teams or we'll face bigger teams possibly those relegated from the champions league um who will be attacking and as we saw against esg for Getran for a minute, which I think is was an, an anomaly. Um, against big teams who attack a lot, I think that that is where Bosses' game plan really, really favours Lyon. Um, in League 1, I don't think that would get a Champions League spot, which is a shame. Um, the stadium naming rights are expiring at the end of the season, and I think that Lyon is, is, is waiting to see what the final position will be. Like, before, before signing a new contract, was that will obviously, um, affect the financial gains for Lyon. Uh, but focusing on, on the sporting aspect, Lyon will need definitely to buy striker, um, in January. Otherwise, with, with the African Cup of Nations, Lyon will remain with just, um, with just Moussa Dembele Um, uh, Toko will be away. Islam Sumani will be away. Tino Kadewe will be away or might as well be away anyway. But also depends on how, on on what Boss learns from the first 13 matches of the season. Because what I've seen are matches almost sabotaged by his decisions, his late reactions, his late substitutions, but also his poor lineups, the experimentation with the formations, experimentation with players' positions. I think that if he learns from those mistakes, and if the other teams continue, dropping points, because everyone is dropping points, uh, I think that Leon can at least get the the fourth spot and qualify for the Europe League again. I don't think that will win the Europe League, so I'm afraid that my prediction for next season is that we won't be playing the Champions League again. I think that's probably
0: fair, what what you guys are saying. I do think, though, that if um, if you're not, combating for battling for the Champions League spot um, and I don't know if, if what I'm saying is true or not but I don't know how long um, both stays in charge because I feel like uh, I feel like Olas is very much a, a president who wants his team to be, um, you know, battling for the top three. And, and right now, you know, on the table, Paris Saint Germain is uh, 34 points and, and 10 points clear of, of Lens, who's 24. And then you got Nice, Marseille, Rennes at 23, 22. And Lyon is at 19. So they're not, they're nowhere, um, nowhere near too far from from the top clubs. Um, but but I, I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering if Peter Boss you know sees out the whole season uh, if he's not able to uh, to stick to that you know fourth third place and to at least be into the conversation for the Champions League until the um, the, the very end to preview next week uh, next week of course is the olympico uh, Lyon against olympique de marseille at the groupama stadium uh, two clubs that love to hate each other um how do you see? What's your pronostic for that game?
2: Um, all right, I go first. Um, so I, I, from the matches I've seen of of Marseille, um, they have been a bit underwhelming, and I'm not seeing, uh, Sampaoli's trademark style so far. There's also the fact that he doesn't seem to rotate um, the team so much. I think that even boss rotates players more than than St. Pauli. So I think that fatigue might uh, be an influencing factor there as well. Uh, I think that Lyon will edge it out. Um, The Marseille games are always very passionate. Um, Marseille have been having trouble um, finishing and scoring just as much as Lyon is not more, so I don't think that the defensively Lyon will be bothered that much. Um, and given that I imagine St. Paulis, Marseille will be attacking a lot, I think that they will leave space behind for for Lyon to to exploit. So I'm hoping for a win. At this point, I was similar to to the last game. I'm afraid to think of anything else that is not a victory, because if Marseille win against Lyon, and even if they draw really. Um, I think that the gap between Leon and the and will continue getting larger and larger, and at some point Leon will have to start closing the gap if we, we're going to be in, in Champions League contention until the very end, as you said, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, I think um, I'm a little bit more nervous for this match. Um, I think the matches of um, Marseille I've seen have been I've been quite impressed by the way they've played and. If we play anything like we did against Rennes, um, I think we could see the record for the amount of goals scored. But um it, it's hard to it's really hard to say because um I think for for once we'll see um oh well, um we'll see two teams that are fresh. Um, you know, with I think we've only had um we've had we'll have players come back from international duty. Um I think one will be. I think Paqueta will, will have to make a quick recovery again. I think he's plays only three games before the OM match. If I'm not mistaken, I, if I'm not, if anyone has that info, but yeah,
0: um, against Argentina.
1: Yeah. So um, I I mean I'd love to see him have a word to to the um, I think it's Tite and um that's how you say his name um, but and um and not play that match, but uh, I'm not too sure. But I think if Paqueta, Paqueta plays and the rest of the team is fresh, I think we we'll, I doubt we'll see another match against, that we did see against Rennes. But, um, you know, it, 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 they're similar to a derby match. It, it's very hard to predict. I think all four form going into the match, you have to disregard because when it, when it comes to the match itself, it, anything can happen. And whenever I, it's been um, it's been a few years since I've seen Ol dominate um Om, so um, I think it'll be a tight match. Um, but yeah, I know that's not really saying much, but <laughs> I think like like against Saint Etienne, we saw a, a one-all match that was quite drab. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if the match honestly was a bit cagey and and quite reserved from both teams. You know, it, it, we very well. Could see two teams play not to lose, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think there's a lot, there's a lot riding on the match. Um, OL will be very, very hungry to come back and try and prove themselves after that defeat against Rennes, and um, OM I think will be looking just to, to, you know, continue what they've been doing under Sampoli and 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 look to build on you know some of the things that they're doing well and also work on some of the things they're not doing that well
0: yeah, um, and get another draw because because that's what Marseille does these days just drawing 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 i think i think and I cross cross let, let me let me know if you guys agree um i think that the game between Lyon and Marseille the coach who's going to have his team playing the better football risks to lose the game because i think both teams have shown that um, they've probably been better against teams that were playing football. So I feel like if both decide to play all attack, Saint Pauli is going to have uh, a field day going into counter attacks and, and going behind his supposedly um, slow defense of Lyon. And if Saint Pauli decides to play all attack, Lyon is going to love to operate in, in counter attack. Is that, is that something that you guys agree with?
2: That's right. Yeah.
0: It's just, uh, it's just a shame where it's a a season where we say that in Ligue uh, the football is so, um, is so perfect that, that the fact that the two teams are playing good football, uh, might cost, uh, one or the other the, the Olympico. Uh, it'll be, it'll be good to talk about this game after with another, a uh, Lyon fan because uh, I hope that I'll be able to uh, to talk about um, Le Olympico with uh, with Tom Abadi after the the game is over and hopefully uh, whether it's him or or me that is he said after the game hopefully he was still happy to, uh, to have a conversation <laughs> with each other uh about the olympico uh boys that's probably us wrapping up the um uh, the pods uh nick nicolas is there anything else that you wanted to add about your your favorite team that we that we didn't cover
2: no that's it. but uh, i just wanted to, to to add something to what you said about um, the team that plays best football or most attractive football will probably win. Uh, but I think that both Sampauly and Bosch have, have underestimated Ligue um, and Bosch said something to, to that uh, effect uh, in his latest interview. The fact that in League you can't just play attractive football because teams will be lying deep. And I think that's what we've seen. That mm-hmm. teams are playing very, very deep. That Lyon hasn't been able to create many clear-cut chances they wanted. And on the other hand, they have been conceding many counterattacks. So I think that going forward, both Marseille and Lyon will have to come to terms with Luka.
0: Yeah I I couldn't agree more and and that's the uh, the reality although you know we hope that things are changing slowly Clermont uh, Lance uh, even yeah. not surprisingly are, are playing a bit of a, uh, a bit of a better brand of football and I guess we'll see how uh, how far this gets. Uh Nicolas Sam thank you so much for uh giving me some of your time and and for accepting to to come on Caseline to to talk about ol and to talk about how the season has been and how it's going to to get i really appreciate um having you two on the pod thank you guys no worries it's been a pleasure (laughs) and uh and for everyone who's listening please uh subscribe please look for uh nicolas memo and uh sam who's uh, always uh, OZOL1950 on on Twitter uh, to follow their their analysis of um, Ligue 1 and to see how disappointed they'll be on the night of the 22nd when Marseille wins at the (laughs) Groupama Stadium. Look out for lots of
2: insults.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look out for who's jinxed their team the most. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much, boys. Thanks, everyone who's been listening uh, to Casa de Ligne. Uh, This was episode six, another special during the international break. Uh, and uh, for the next episode, we'll be talking about Ligue again. And we actually will be talking about football because we'll look at uh, Match Day 14 with uh, the Olympico to close the weekend. Thank you, everyone. Merci beaucoup. Nicolas, merci. Sam, merci. And I'll talk to everyone soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Au revoir. Bye bye.